the politics in your country is an absolute nightmare right now. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that or else I'm going to have to start drinking. Um, yeah. You see, and the funny thing is you get kind of get to relive it all over again because we watched from a distance when the Brexit thing happened. We're like, ha-ha, that'll never – oh, God. And you, because you have a multinational company, more American than British, you get to live this twice. So I've got to say, though, again, I will, I will reiterate the fact that um, it makes me very sad, all of that Brexit stuff, but the pound just keeps dropping. And that's bad, right? I'm not trying to be no, funny. No, it's brilliant for me. Oh. Wait, why? The further the pound drops, the stronger the dollar is. The stronger the dollar is, more money I make. Oh, so because you're a faux-American, you're faux-American, that this actually works out well for you. Yeah, I, I think I'm close to like a 30% pay increase. Holy <laughs> <That's> quite... crap. <laughs> well, happy birthday to you, sir. There are worse things that have made me sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Brexit continues to make me sad, but at least yet... I get some kind of consolation prize. Right. Oh, that's funny. So have you bought any have you bought any new toys other than an entire freaking house, which we'll talk about in a little bit? Oh yeah, man. Uh, Athena's away this week and I've oh, been playing God. a bunch of video games, right? Uh-huh. And by the time this episode comes out, I will have spent the entire weekend inside a PlayStation virtual reality. That oh, arrives yeah. on Thursday. Adina being away whilst I received the PSVR is probably the best thing that has happened for our relationship. <laughs> because I just get to play it to my heart's content and then she doesn't have to do with it. And then by the time that she's come home... You're going to be bored? No, I would have like calmed down a bit, but will have also worked out the best games for us to play together. Because oh, I know so- I'm pretty sure that she would like to try this. I mean, because we've played games and, and it's something that we do every now and then. But I think that I think that the, the VR stuff, especially the PlayStation One, has the ability to reach more casual gamers um, just from the, the the experiences that they're creating, uh, and the and the the hardware is built way more for the consumer rather than for the one thousand five hundred dollar PC owner. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say on that. But so I'm very excited about that. And I presume you'll be doing some sort of special on. Um on the name on remaster is that right yeah good work um, i was okay. i was gonna see how far you'd let yourself go and you've actually got there i almost pulled the ripcord and then at the last second I, I saved myself and we'll talk about this later but i'm also planning on doing a little uh, a little youtube video about it nice as well so yes excellent all right so do you want to do some follow-up yeah if you'd even call this follow-up mm-hmm. um you're back on Twitter again, and you lasted the entire week, right? I did. Um, the funny thing is, if you're a traditional listener and you don't listen to the live um, recording, we recorded the show on um, Tuesday, what was it, the 27th of September, I believe. And at that point, I was less, or I was just over 24 hours into my hiatus. And when we got on the call together, I was kind of leaning towards just stopping the uh, the hiatus after the call. And you had convinced me, uh, for better or worse, to leave the hiatus all the way through the end of the day, Monday the 3rd, which uh, would have been a week. Now, with that said, by the time the episode aired, which is per the usual schedule, it was the 2nd of October. And so less observant people, and I don't mean that in a nasty way, just people who didn't think to themselves, wait, I haven't seen a tweet from Casey in a while, which is to say normal people didn't even realize I was gone. And right. then the next day on Monday the 3rd in the evening, I came back to Twitter. So so a lot of people were like, uh, 
clearly that hiatus went well. Like they were they in a nice way. They were basically like, so did you take a break or what's going on here? And it was right. just one I, of those things. I think things. I mentioned on last episode that this is a, this is a benefit because mm-hmm. you get you get to learn a couple of things. You you get to learn who's paying attention to you when you are tweeting, mm-hmm. and you also get to realize that you're not that important. I think that was what I said to you, right? <laughs> I think but, that's right. Because this was something that I found too, like that you realize that that people that actually follow you on Twitter, they don't notice when you're not there. Right, right. Yeah, and that and that ended up being very much the case. I mean there are certainly people that did notice for sure, but the overwhelming majority and, and everyone was very gentle about it. In fact I can't remember not one person that was a turd about it. But um but everyone was like so did you take a break or man, that break was quicker than I thought or something along those lines. And, uh, and as it turns out, I went a week and a few hours and I have some thoughts, but we have some notes. So let's, let's go through the notes and not totally, uh, skewer this whole show right from the, right from the beginning. Um, I had a question in here that I wanted to kick off with very quickly. Did you take a hiatus? Because you were kicking around the idea of taking your own Twitter hiatus, um, and and you never said that you were definitely going to. Not anytime soon. I mean, it might. I might eventually do it, but I haven't got any plans to do it again anytime soon. It, it doesn't feel pressing. Okay. I, I think the thing that might do it is the fact that I have added YouTube comments to my life again. We'll oh, talk about this in God. a bit. Yeah, we will. So, so it's it's not that this is a bad thing as such. Like I'm, I, I'm when you know you're oh god I understand why you say that but my YouTube comments are overwhelmingly positive and constructive right now because it's my current audience that is commenting, um, but it is another inbox of hundreds of comments on each video, mm-hmm. um, so it's like here's like another thing I have to keep going through, have to keep going through, like have to keep plowing through, mm-hmm. um, to in the same way that that I might look at email or look at app mentions. And that's not to say that it is a chore or a bad thing, but it's just another thing in the back of my head that I know I need to check and keep up with um, and respond to and kind of learn from. And it's like, here's another place to check, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And, and I am very anxious to talk about this later in this very episode because the thought of deliberately adding YouTube comments to my life is terrifying. And (laughs) to some degree, I don't understand at all why you would subject yourself to that. But to a large degree, I totally understand what you're doing. And it does make sense. Well, just very quickly, the YouTube comments. I mean, look, we spoke about this on Cortex. You can't go on YouTube about the comments. It's part of it. You can't, you can turn them off, but you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you you kind of have to just give in to the system if you really want to make a go at it. It's like going to Twitter and like just disabling mentions. Yeah. Like, what, what would be the point of that? Like you, you've got to give yourself into the platform, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. We'll talk about that later. Um, so let's see. Uh, next question, which uh, is kind of both of us entered this one, I think. How did I do? Um, I don't know. I, you I, were rocking, man. Like you were not doing good before the, by the end of the week. Really? I didn't think I was that bad. I mean, you I, if you great. say that, then it's then that's the case. I didn't think it was that bad, though. I tell you the thing that was for me, it was just as the week went, well, there's a couple of things. One, you didn't leave me alone in the nicest possible way. Like, <laughs> I was just hearing from you way more. You were just sending me random stuff, I like stuff you'd never send me. To. 
uh, you would ask me what was happening in the world and stuff like that um <laughs> that so you weren't you weren't you, you didn't adjust completely right but this was very similar to when i did this i think um and also you were trying to find so many outs (laughs) okay some of that is true some of that is i think overblown there were a couple times i came to you and said you know what i thought about doing such and such i wish i had a specific example but i thought about doing such and such but then i thought no that's probably not fair now i do remember there was one time and again i don't remember the specifics where i specifically asked you is this a breach of contract and you thought about it and said yes it is Uh, i don't know if you recall what the particulars were there were two there was two there was cross-posting um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. YouTube and cross-posting or tweeting the blog post and then retweeting. Also, oh, because sorry, it was retweeting the the CaseyList dot com Twitter yep, account. That's right, You're because you wrote right. something you were proud of, and I told you you just had to suck it up. Yep. And I also said that the cross-posting to um, Twitter from Instagram was also a breach of contract. Yeah. Because the, the part of this is like there. The, Part of this is you not going to Twitter, but the other part of it is just at Casey Liss not having any interaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to ask you something mm-hmm. because uh, I think something interesting happened, which is kind of the exact thing that you don't want to happen. There was uh, an episode of ATP posted, and that episode had broken audio. Right, mm-hmm. there, there was something wrong with the audio. It was, That's right. It was, there was an issue with the encoding or something like that, um, or the processing somewhere. But basically, if you were a listener, after like twenty minutes, you couldn't hear the episode anymore. You weren't around to find out about this. Um, you weren't around to deal with it. People were tweeting at you, and you weren't doing anything. And yep. I was looking at the tweets. I was reading them. Um, every now and then I check on your account, by the way, just to make sure everything was okay for you. But <laughs> Thanks, that was honey. the one where I was reading it the most because I wanted to see what people were saying to you and was kind of wondering, like, if this stuff has ever happened in the past, are you typically the first person to find it? I would expect you probably are. I think you spend the most time on Twitter out of the three of you. Uh, I usually am, but I would not say I universally am. Um, Marco gets it maybe one time out of three, and I get it two times out of three, I'd say. Uh I mean, uh, obviously, this isn't exact. I mean, there are certainly times that John catches it before either of us. But generally speaking, it's either Marco or myself, usually me, that catches this sort of thing. And I have to say, like, as being somebody who has this type of stuff happen, this happening and you not seeing it, it's just so much better for your mental health. Yeah, that's true, actually. Because I'll tell you what happens here. Like, and, and again, every listener that tries to let you know about these things is doing a good thing. Like, They are inherently doing a good thing by telling you mm-hmm. because unless they're complaining, like, like being mean, you know, being like, what's wrong with you, you idiot? You don't know how to run a podcast. Right. And I don't think there are many, if any of those. But like most of the time, it's like, oh, just letting you know such and such has happened. The thing is, like, the problem with this is every person that says it thinks they're the first person to tell you. Yep. But in actuality, they're probably the 30th or 40th or 50th or 100th. Mm-hmm. And when people are saying this stuff to you, it doesn't matter how nice they are. Like, if you've heard it and you're either fixing it or you can't fix it or you've already fixed it, but podcast apps aren't refreshing, 
you just feel like you're being beaten down by yep, it. Very true. Right? Because it's like every time it's hitting you and you're being reminded of the mistake you made over and over and over again. And and I, again, I will just underscore, this is not the problem of the person who is sending you this message. No, They no, no. are inherently doing a good thing. Yep. I would ask that maybe people just check timelines before they do send these things. <laughs> but th- they are inherently doing a good thing by telling you this th- sort of stuff. But when, there's, when it's out of your hands, especially, there's like this... All it's doing is just adding to the mental burden of knowing that this thing happened. Yeah. So you kind of dodged a bullet, really. Yeah, and the funny thing is, um, in this particular scenario, so if it was something with my website, then obviously that's up to me to fix. But in this scenario, once I record ATP, my hands are pretty much washed of the entire process until it's released. Well, yeah, the only thing you could do is say, hey, Marco, you need to fix this. That's the only thing you could do. Exactly. I can escalate to Marco and, and either send him an iMessage or perhaps call him if I think it's that big a deal. But Escalate to corporate Casey. That's well, corporate Casey speak right there. Yeah, fine. I can climb up the pyramid, whatever. Uh, <laughs> put it in the park. Just put it in drive and take it right out of the parking lot, oh, right? Goodness. I guess that's what you'd do. No, I wouldn't. I would put it in first because I don't drive an automatic. Anyway, um, the point being, I, I, would, I would take it to Marco and say, hey, oh my goodness, can you, can you take a look at this? But to some degree, I'm just another one of those people flooding Marco's inbox and doing it more obnoxiously than anyone else because I have Yeah, you're access. the worst, actually the worst person. Right. You know, it's, it's always worse when it's your co-host telling right, you. Right, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, so to answer the question, how did Casey do? I, you know, I definitely had some moments for sure. I mean, Mike is not exaggerating. Um, I feel like I expected to be genuinely either sad or, or miserable or frustrated. Um, and I don't think on the whole I was. I think on the whole I was mostly at peace. Certainly there was a little bit of emptiness. Certainly I felt like I was missing out on things, particularly in the beginning. Um, but by and large, it didn't have as much of a dramatic impact as I would have expected it to, or as I had expected it to which in and of itself was actually fairly telling as well, because I expected to be devastated and I expected this to be like, you know, taking the IV drip of heroin. I don't even know if that's a thing, but whatever, you know, like taking the drug out of my no, veins. violently definitely kill you. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I expected this would, would be violent and it wasn't. I definitely had moments where it was kind of crummy and I definitely had times when I knew I could say lazy tweet something or or I could go searching through Twitter archives to try to find something. Actually, there was one time I searched through my own Twitter archive. I, I, I did skirt the rules once and I think I approved this with you. Yeah, I, I felt that this was not a, a rule break in any sense of the word. Because you could have found this same thing by Googling. Oh, and it took me like an hour and a half to find this darn tweet that I was looking up. And the tweet was was not terribly exciting. It was just something that I was talking to some friends of mine about. And I, and I couldn't remember where the link was. And I was pretty sure I tweeted about it at some point or another. And so it took me forever. But I did dig through my own Twitter archive. And when I say that, what I mean is you can download all your tweets from Twitter as a zip file. And that's what I did, uh, or I had done in the past. And so I had looked at the archive that was probably like a month or two old. And I had unzipped it and went 
spelunking through it trying to find this tweet and eventually did find it but um that was frustrating because like twitter search probably would have been quicker maybe um and there were there was a lot of times where i wish like when i think i was in the doctor's office once and i was like man i really yep. wish i could have had a yeah and you're bugging tweeted. me yep the, there you go um i really wish i could have just checked up on twitter but all told i was less affected by it than i expected which to some degree makes me more affected by it than I expected because yeah. the fact that I was so unexpectedly cool with it uh, on the whole, like I'm not trying to say that I was perfect the entire week, but on the whole, I was much more cool with it than I expected. And that was fascinating to me. I think this was the biggest revelation that came out of my experience was that I realized that it, it wasn't as important to me uh, as I believed it was. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, and and again, like for many reasons, Twitter continues to be very important. With the 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 key one of them for me being interactions with uh, listeners and viewers. Um, th- that's what's that's why I continue to use it every day. Um, I'm finding interestingly that the, the the water cooler effect has has kind of worn off uh, a little bit for me. Like the idea of it being the water cooler, it's now more mm-hmm. just of a news ticker. Um, and you know I'm less interested in that over over time um, and I'm finding myself more and more frequently these days skimming where I used to read everything but Twitter continues to be a valuable resource especially in the uh, in, especially in curbing boredom which yep. you know I am of the the class of person the age of person uh, that has no want for boredom um, mm-hmm. And I know that there are many different schools of thought on this, but I just think in the age where we don't need to be bored anymore, why should we? Uh, and I know there there are many thought, schools of thought around when ideas come to you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think I do okay for those. Like, you know, I can, they come to me at different times, I guess. But um, so that that's kind of why I continue to use Twitter every single day. But I, I know now that if it went away, like, my life would go on okay where maybe before <laughs> i'd taken that that i before i'd taken that 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 time away i had maybe considered that it would make an overall like severely detrimental effect on my life yep I where agree. i i now don't think it would so much to be honest yeah i i completely agree with everything you just said um and this kind of segues into, you know, what are my changes, if any, or, or you know, are my habits any differently, if at all? Um, and one of the things that at the beginning I was very good with, but t- truth be told, I can already feel myself slipping a little bit, is that I was doing better with not just looking at Twitter every time I had a free 35 seconds. You know, I was doing better with just letting myself be in the moment. And I can feel myself slipping on that a little bit. And so I'm... I'm going to try to get that back in line. But I agree with you to some degree that if I have any idle time, if I'm standing in line at the grocery store, if I'm at the at the, the waiting room for my optometrist, whatever, why not just look at your phone and pass that time mm-hmm, doing something mm-hmm. interesting? And, and I, I don't think you're wrong, Mike, but I also think that for me, I'd like to be a little better about not having to have my phone in my hands all the time. And so and so I'm trying to get better about that. I think right at the beginning of the post hiatus week, I was doing better, but I can already feel myself slipping a bit. However, what I have stayed pretty constant with is I am getting much more aggressive about declaring bankruptcy. I think we've talked in the past that 
I think you were the same way, but I certainly was a completionist. I was a 100% completionist. Yep. Yeah, I'm not anymore. Yep, and I was already starting to slip from time to time, but generally speaking, I was a relatively devout completionist. And now, and I think this is also severely influenced by the terrible election cycle that's going on in the United States as we speak, I am declaring bankruptcy like it's my darn job. I'm declaring bankruptcy like I'm Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. hey <laughs> Exactly. Um, no, I mean, all snark aside, I, I am much better at declaring bankruptcy. And, and generally speaking, if I have more than like 150 or so tweets re- that I have to read to get to the top of my timeline, because on TweetBot, it'll show you how many tweets you have until you're at the top. Um, if I have more than about 150, give or take, I'll generally speaking declare bankruptcy And then I have a list that I call can't miss, which Mm. is people like Mike and Marco and John and and other people that I consider unmissable, essential, that, that that I will take the time to make sure I see their tweets. And I will either go to that can't miss list, which is private, so don't bother looking, um, I will either go to that list and scroll back until I recognize something I've seen before, or if TweetBot has kept track of it, which it usually does, I'll just continue on where I left off on that. Um, and then, then I feel like that's a pretty good happy medium because mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. the things from people I deeply, deeply respect, which is generally my friends, but not exclusively my friends. And, and I've cut out all the other cruft that I really don't necessarily need. Um, and so I've been much better about that. And I and I feel like I'm doing a better job of sticking with that, it, it, which is opposite to what I said about um, about checking it when I'm idle, which I think I'm starting to fall into bad habits again. And the final thing um, in terms of habit changing that I that I feel like I'm better about, but I'm not entirely sure if I'm lying to myself, is I feel like I'm better about not replying to everyone that ever sends me a tweet. I definitely have room for improvement here. I'm not saying I am completely reformed, but I do think I'm getting better about things that I don't necessarily feel like I should feel compelled to answer. And you beat me up about this last episode, and I think it was for my own good, that just because somebody throws something at me, be it an email or a Twitter mention or what have you, that doesn't mean I owe them anything necessarily. And I'm I'm better about that than I was before my my hiatus, I think. But certainly on Twitter especially, it's hard for me not to reply because I want to be seen as a nice and personable and interested and engaged person. Mm-hmm. And, and to some degree, and I know this is really self-involved to say this, but to some degree I feel like that's part of my brand is being nice and involved and and helpful. But... To your point, when we spoke last episode, at some point, I need to just let that go. And I'm doing Mm -hmm. better with it, but I am not 100% there. Well, the other thing that I thought was important that I wanted you to think about and act on a little bit more is stopping problems before they occur by being more careful with your language choices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about that at all? Uh, There's been a couple times where I've wanted to get angry about something and I didn't. I wish I could think of a specific example and off the top of my head I cannot but there once or twice where I wanted to vent and rage tweet and I and this is a public tweet like not a mention or a reply or anything but a public 
or maybe a mention, but certainly a public tweet where I'm shouting into the void. There have certainly been five or 10 times where I've wanted to rage tweet in reply to somebody. Mm -hmm. And there have been many times I've written the response and closed it mic style. And then there's also been many times that I just haven't even written it at all and said, you know what, this isn't worth it and moved on. And I think that's good, but I definitely have a long way to go on that. I have a lot of room yeah. for improvement, but I am I am at least being slightly more mindful of it, which I consider a victory. Good. I was doing that just last night. Yeah. I was uh, writing tweets to people and then deleting them. Yeah, I mean, if, if you were to look at my timeline and look at my mentions or my, my replies, I guess I should say, I've certainly done it from time to time. I, I don't think I have in the last week, but I bet you anything you could go back and see at least a couple that have eked through. But sure, sure. I do Nobody's feel like... perfect. Yeah, yeah. And I do feel like I'm doing better with it. Now, with that said, have you noticed from from your point of view any difference? Not to say... And you may not have, but have you noticed nope. any difference? Nope. But... um because I haven't noticed it doesn't mean it's not happening. Sure. All it means is that just no light bulb has gone off that Casey's rage tweeting. <laughs> Which, but it's it's the same idea of whether somebody recognizes if you're tweeting or not, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. they only recognize it when they're told after the fact. So now it's like, no, I don't remember any time in the last week where I thought Casey shouldn't have tweeted this, where that is something that I think quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think to myself, oh, Casey, why are you saying it like this? Mm-hmm. You know, that is a thing. And so I'm I'm going to do the good friend thi- thing and tell you more frequently when I see these things and call you out on the, your language choice and your word choice and your emoji choice. <laughs> um, because, again, I just I don't know why Apple ever included the middle finger emoji. Because I think they never should wonderful. have. I think it's terrible. Um, I don't <laughs> think it can ever be used well. Um, and nobody should ever use it on Twitter. Yeah, you're probably That's right. That's my opinion. And because when, when is it ever a good thing? You're probably right. I can't think of a great example offhand. I'm sure I could come up with on, uh, come up with one, but I can't come up with one right now. Uh, right, on because more... this is the problem with like the use of, it's like, it, it reminds me of the use of the full stop in messages, right? That it sh- does mean one thing but could mean another so like you could be saying a joke and you use the middle finger emoji but then you could also be being serious but nobody knows the difference you know it's funny you say that uh just last night um i was exchanging uh, i messages with faith a uh, friend of the show and prior guest faith is traveling at the moment and we were talking about where she, where she is and i had said something to her um about one of the activities she had just done and i was and i said something along the lines of oh well if nothing else at least it'll be a good story and then i put a period at the end of that sentence or what you would call full stop and i didn't think anything of it because i just you know meant it in a like haha whatever way you know oh maybe it'll be a funny story if this doesn't go the way you expected and then i went went about my you know business doing whatever i was doing and then i came back to it like five minutes later and i forget what i said but i said something else afterward because it occurred to me that I knew I was not trying to be a jerk about it, but I could totally see a way that a person, you know, Faith or whomever could have read that and been like, wow, relax, Casey. I understand it's not the end of the earth. Like, and, and, and I meant it as like a haha funny thing, but without that little smiley face in the end and with that period on the end, it can get aggressive real quick. So <laughs> I know what you mean. I have to spend so much time in my life working out when to put exclamation marks and smiley faces into business emails. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Like I have to put so much time into to 
to thinking when is an exclamation mark or a smiley face needed here like is it appropriate to put smiley faces in this email and like how many emails does it take or how long of a time does it take between me and a representative at a company before i start sending them smiley faces yeah yeah i totally hear you also a pro tip for anybody that receives emails from i think it's i think it's outlook or lotus notes um, if you if anybody ever sends you the random character J, <laughs> that's Outlook. <laughs> Outlook. Then it means they've actually sent you a smiley face, which for whatever reason doesn't render on on other platforms. Yeah, it's a capital J, and yes, yep. it's a smiley face on Outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, to go back a half step, you know, I had asked you, did you notice anything different? And I actually meant that in a more general level. You took that to mean, I believe, did you notice me acting any different with regard to rage tweeting? Out of curiosity, have you noticed any different? in general, be it maybe less public tweets, less replies, more replies, more public public tweets. Any difference that you've noticed? No, or? I, I haven't been keeping track. That's right? like it yeah, hasn't yeah. It hasn't entered my mind to think. Sure. Um, probably I've seen you tweeting less, I think, uh, but I'm not, I, I wouldn't be sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I haven't like kept track myself. I was just curious if anything like, you know, smacked you in the face and, and, and was obvious and it sounds like no, and that's okay. All right. Uh, listener Michael wrote in something that um, I thought was really brilliant. It was it was an email that had a bunch of other things in it, but this particular line I thought was, was fantastic. Uh, Michael said, I handle social media, in your case, Twitter, like alcohol. Only turn to it when you're happy. Otherwise, bad turns to worse in a heartbeat. I never thought of it that way until Michael said that. Well, what a great way of looking at it, because I think it's absolutely true. If you're in a good place and you're looking at Twitter or maybe it's YouTube comments for or maybe it's Facebook or what have you, um, usually that's good. But if you're grumpy and especially for me, if I'm grumpy and I and I start looking at my mentions or if I'm grumpy and I start looking at all the politics that's going on on Facebook, oh, it's not good. Not a good place to be. And so I've been trying to be better about that as well. And when I feel myself I don't know if I'm getting better about checking it when I'm angry, but I'm trying to be better about recognizing, oh, I'm starting to get grumpy and I'm starting to get frustrated. It's time to walk away for a little bit. Hopefully not a week this time, but at least a, a, like an hour or something like that. What do you think about this other Michael? I think it's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think the idea of comparing it like alcohol is just amazing because yeah. what I find is if I'm having a bad day, and kind of get buried deep within these things, all of the bad stuff is amplified. Yep. And I the good stuff agree. is ignored. And mm-hmm. it's basically like what alcohol will do to me too. So I think that is a very apt analogy. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, and I thought that was really great. So thank you, Michael. Um, on a general level, I feel like I should kind of summarize and answer the question, was it successful? Um I feel like it was. I I feel like I'm in a better place with Twitter. I've mentioned several different things that I'm already, I don't know if worried is the right word, but I'm trying to be cognizant of. But by and large, I think I'm in a much better place with Twitter now than I was before. And I was thinking about this earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, that I think a lot of these conclusions I would have come to even after we recorded. So if I'd only had about a day long break. And I remember thinking when, you were browbeating me about taking a week off that it really wasn't necessary. And I'm just going to do this. So this way, Mike doesn't get to hold this over my head for the rest of my life. But in the end, I think you were right to browbeat, browbeat me. And I think I, well, I am glad that I did take an entire week 
because although I don't think the conclusions are that terribly different than what I had come to already in a day, I think it meant a lot more knowing that that stretch of time still didn't affect me. You know, it wasn't that I was, I was, you know, I was devastated after a day and then I got, you know, fine after a week. I was mostly back on a level ground after the day, but seeing myself go weak and be okay with it, I think really hammered the point home in my own head that really this doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. So I feel like it was successful. I feel like my habits are better. Again, I'm slipping here and there, but I feel like my habits are better. I feel like I'm in a better place with it. Um, I don't know. How do I sound to you? Do I sound like I'm just blowing smoke? Do I sound like I mean all this? It sounds like how I felt. So, you know, I I think that it's probably pretty accurate to at least how you believe you're feeling anyway <laughs> fair enough no so i i thank you mike and uh and and listeners as well for taking this journey with me but especially you mike for uh for being a turd and forcing me to take a week off because i think it was for the best so so i appreciate it sir i do what i can all right this week's episode is brought to you by linode linode is all about a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. This is what makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute with plans starting just $10 a month, which will now get you 2 gigabytes of RAM for your virtual server. You'll be able to choose your resources, Linux distro, and node location right from the manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. Linode is fantastic for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, and so, so much more. With industry-leading native SSD storage and access to a 40 gigabit network, you'll have all of the power you need to get your tasks done. As a listener of this show, you can sign up at linode.com slash analog, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash analog, and you'll not only be supporting this show, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan when you sign up at your URL. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash analog to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or just use the promo code analog20, analog20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show. So, Mike, how's the house? Is it yours yet? Everyone's favorite segment, house update. Well, somebody's got to go back and, and listen and figure out when the first time was that you said, hey, maybe by the next time we record, then maybe I'll be a homeowner. Well, oh, I would God. really love to see if someone was ever willing to do it is to like look at is like to kind of plot it out on a calendar. It's like to take the first time I spoke about it and when I thought it was going to be and then how that's changed. Mm-hmm. So like episode one to when I thought we would be in episode one of talking about this. Yeah, yeah Episode yeah. two of talking about, yeah, I like to kind of move it through that way. So, last time on the show, I mentioned that there was one document that we were waiting to be sent from solicitor to solicitor and we were done, right? So, we kind of spent a week in limbo waiting for this document to be sent. Nothing happened. Then I started chasing. Then for two days, we were waiting on an email to be sent. One party was saying it was being sent. The other was saying that they didn't receive it. This went on for a couple of days. Then we found out that the document was wrong. 
Then we found out that the company that the document was supposed to come from was wrong. It wasn't the one that the seller solicitor thought it was. Then the seller solicitor told us that they're not going to order the document because they're happy that we should just buy the house now. (laughs) In their mind. They're like, well, we've done all we need to do. Give us the money. So, as of last week, maybe last Tuesday, last Wednesday, something like that, um, we have ordered the document from our solicitor. So our solicitor has gone out and done the legwork, found out who it's meant to be, found out about the document. We are now paying £210 for a document that we shouldn't be paying for and waiting five working days. Now, five working days, I believe, was up either today or tomorrow. Um, I spoke to our solicitor again on Monday. He said, just waiting on that document. As soon as it comes through, we're ready to exchange. And that means that when we're ready to exchange, it's when I transfer my money, so my deposit money, to my solicitor. My solicitor and the solicitor exchanges contracts. Once the contracts are exchanged, they're held. And once they're confirmed as being all signed correctly, it is held for one week for us. And then we then we get our keys. Once we exchange we're basically we're done so that honestly seriously could happen by the by before this show goes out and then once the exchange happens you said it's a week for us it will be a week yeah probably so it very well could be like for real for real this time (laughs) by the next time we record we'll have the keys because basically at this point Everything is done. We've got clients sign the paperwork. We've been through all the paperwork. There's a few things our solicitor needs to just give us, and there's some bills that we need to pay. But our solicitor at this point is is very confident that there's nothing holding up us buying the place. So there's still going to be a lot of things that have to happen afterwards. There's still going to be a bunch of bills, bills we have to pay, blah, 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 blah. But right now, all I care about is just getting the house. Now, there has been an unexpected benefit. All right, so people are saying in the chat room, it's what I said last week. I know it's what I said last week, but last week, we were working under a false assumption. Last week, our assumption was as soon as that document was sent through, we could do it, right? The five working days thing. But the document never existed. Now, this time, we know the document will exist because we're getting it directly from the source of the, the, the source company that creates the document. Now, our expectation was that the seller solicitor had already did what we did, the £210 thing, right? Mm-hmm. That they had already paid for it to be created and they were waiting for it and then were sending it over. But they were lying, effectively. The, the, so their docu- they never bothered to get the document and the document that they were sending or saying that they were sending by email just was, was never existed it was fake you know like it wasn't that it was just some other random thing that they were sending I don't know why they were doing this um, both me and our solicitor communicated via our estate agent to tell the seller that their solicitor is useless because <laughs> uh, basically the, the, you know we would uh, we would have the keys by now if they would have just told us we don't have this document you need to pay for it we always would have paid for it right 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 like i would have we would have paid that 210 pounds 3 weeks ago and then we'd have the keys by now this would be done but the unexpected benefit of all of this is it's given us like an extra month to save more money oh that's true right so we've been putting more money aside for the mounting bills 
and fees that we're going to have to pay. So are you at the point, and maybe this there's no analogy for this in the UK, but are you at the point that you're like starting to get um, electric service turned on and, and like uh, internet no. or all that? No, we, we, we're not going to do any of that until we got the keys. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, we're not moving in immediately, right? Uh, right. Okay. Because my Plus recollection... The electric, the electric is already on. Now, we don't have a bill, but there is currently electric on, so we'll just need to get that done. We need to get the water turned on, but we're going right, to get a plumber right. in because we're, we're having some very small bathroom stuff done anyway, so it actually makes sense for the water to be left off until we get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, we're, we're so... we're. Very, I think once we've exchanged... Um, we can start looking at that, uh, but we're, we're not going to do that right now because, look, again, who knows what might happen. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And we I- might not get the house, right? Like someone might come in still at this point. Someone could come in and offer a higher amount of money and, and, and buy it out from under us. I mean, I would certainly hope not, but it doesn't make you wrong. Oh, goodness, so much stress. Now, have you figured out what internet service you were you're going to get and all that? Because when when we moved, we were coming away, and this is kind of U.S. centric, but we were coming away from a Comcast area, which was awful, and we were going into an area that had Verizon FiOS, which is um, fiber optic direct to the house, which is amazing. And so, I was almost more excited about getting FiOS than I was about owning my first home. Have you started looking into any of this? Because you're, as yeah, we record right now, as we record right now, you are tethered to your iPhone in order to get online. Is that correct? No, I'm tethered to a LTE hotspot that oh, I pay for. Okay, like it's like like a MiFi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was one of the like we were never going to move somewhere where we couldn't get fiber. So I'll be going from our home connection is currently between 10 and 12 down mm-hmm. and like one up mm-hmm. to like 80 down, 40 up. That's nice. That's yeah. going to be, that's so, going to change your life, man. Our quality of life is going to improve because of this. Mm-hmm. And also my bills because I pay an exorbitant amount of oh, money God, every imagine. month for this, for this day. Cause it's, it's capped. I have to buy more data. Yep. I get like 25 gigabytes a month and then I have to keep adding on top of it. Mm-hmm. Goodness. All right. Well, I'm hopeful. I, I, I know we sound like a broken record at this point, but this is a big darn deal. And um, we've su- still done it super quick. Oh, yeah. Definitely have. Oh, there is another update mm. that is important mm-hmm. for this whole process. The house that I am currently sitting in mm-hmm. has an offer has been made on this house. Oh, goodness. That- so this house is in the process of sale now. Oh, goodness. So no stress for you guys, huh? Well, I mean, really, it's the the timeline's just in our favor. I mean, th- th- that offer was only made last week. Th- they're still a couple of months, uh, at least, away from buying this. Basically, all we need to do is we need to get our water turned on, our electricity turned on. We need to have our house painted, the floor put in, and then we can move. That's it. You're talking about the so, new place for all that the stuff. The new place, okay. yeah. Oh, man, a lot of work. It's a lot. I'm yep. hopeful, though. I'm super hopeful. I mean, I'm sure you are as well. But <laughs> I'm, thinking I'm past like the hope stage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we, you know, right or wrong, good or bad, we've we've basically resigned to the fact that we that this house is going to be ours now. Like we've gone so far down this process, um, and the fact, like we're we're very confident that we'll be buying this house because at this point. I don't know if there's anything that would stop me from buying it. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, we're at the point of no return in my eyes. We put a lot of money and time into this. We're going to buy this house now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what happens. We're buying this house. And I then we'll deal with anything we have to deal with later. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, here's fingers across, toes across, arms across, legs across, everything's crossed. So yeah, I just thought, I also like the other part of it. I don't expect anybody else to make an offer on it because there is another identical property for sale and has been available for, to have an offer made on it for as long as we had our offer on ours. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of no reason that someone will come in and try and take out one. Yeah, yeah. Ah, fair enough. Well, here's hoping. All right, you've in 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 the light of Mike making changes in his life, you've started something else that's new, and you've started video blogging or vlogging, as the kids are calling it these days. And you've started. Adina, Adina she's going to hate me for saying this, but I think it's hilarious. For ages, she was calling it vlogging. <laughs> so so funny to me. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, Oh, I need to try and find a way to work that into the to the YouTube channel to call them vlogs. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you have your own YouTube channel, YouTube.com/user/MikeHurley. Um, mm-hmm. You are recording your life, so well portions of it, mm-hmm. editing it, broadcasting mm-hmm. it to the internet. Like mm-hmm. you think any of us really give a crap what you do day to day? You'd say that. You'd um, say that, but. So this came out of left field for me. So about a week or two ago, it was after we recorded last, Mike says, hey, I'm trying something new. Take a look at this. And you sent me, I think, the first three videos that you ended up releasing, if, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. And with with respect, sir, I started watching the first one and I was like, really? Like, I've never been into vlogs as a consumer. I can't say I've ever th- had an, had a desire to do it as a producer. But I start watching this and I'm like, whatever man like i'll watch them because you're a friend and i want to be supportive but i don't get it and by the end of the third one i was ready for the next one this is very common i don't get um, it like and i don't mean this in a in a nasty dismissive way i hope it doesn't come out that way but like i went into, i went into this thinking why am i going to give a crap and i mean i guess i felt like that about twitter back in 2008 but anyway um i didn't expect to be so riveted by it but i was like riveted mm-hmm. by the last one <laughs> So the thing that I'll say is common is the first point. So the first point being that I think a lot of the people that are watching my videos didn't care for vlogging, like just just have no interest. Or why would they even care about seeing the little things that I do in my life? Because why would you, right? Like, you know, it's, it's just, especially what I'm doing, like the, the, the vast majority of what I'm doing is they're like between five to eight minutes long and over half of it is just like shots of stuff, me moving around, me taking. I've I've spent an disproportionate amount of time in a specific part of London that I like a lot over the last couple of weeks. So the South Bank of London keeps appearing. Um, I don't spend that much time there usually, but like I've been having to be in that part of London for very legitimate reasons. So I've just been shooting there because I like it. But there are other parts of London that I do visit and that I will visit. Um. Doug said daily vlogs from all. I am going to be vlogging all, but I'll probably just make one video of my whole experience there. And that's part of it. Like, you know, I'm going to be taking videos of the things that I do and also incorporating a lot of the things that I love. So I've already started talking about technology based stuff and, and I'm planning on making a video about the PSVR. And I, I just got 
I got bitten by the bug of watching vlogs, um, and there's there's a few people's vlogs that I really enjoy and watch every single day or as often as they upload them. And just the more and more I watched of it, the more and more I kept seeing how I would do it. Right. Um, right. And once once I get something like that in my head, I can't. I, I have. To, I just have to do it. Um, and the response has been positive enough and and overwhelming enough that I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep going. Um, I have over seven thousand YouTube subscribers, which is bonkers. I, I didn't expect to get that many. Um, and one of my videos, as of recording right now, uh, has like thirteen thousand views, which is also very bonkers. Um, and I have a goal. My goal is to hit five figures consistently. That's my goal. Um, and to do that and reach that within six months. Um, and, and you know, like people saying, oh, you already did it with, with, the, with vlog one. It's at 12,000. But, you know, as we record right now, vlog number two is approaching 7,000. It might not get to 10 um, because I only have 7,000 YouTube subscribers. So you should go and subscribe, by the way, youtube.com slash Mike Hurley. Um, I, I'm doing, I'm just playing around with this. And, you know, if you, especially if you listen to this show, uh, I'd be surprised if you didn't get a kick out of it because it's all the things that we talk about. Um, and it's just about my life. And if you listen to this show, I think you are disproportionately interested in, in mine and Katie's lives <laughs> than to our other shows because yeah. it's kind of all we're here talking about. It's just things that happen in our lives. Um, so you should go and check them out. Like, you know, Adina is featuring a lot in the videos and, and I expect that to continue. Um, and, and she seems quite excited and interested like I, I'm not having to cajole her to be involved That's, in any way. Now, did you discuss in advance what you were doing? Because I asked because if you didn't include her in these, in principle, you there's no reason why you couldn't just let it go, you know, let it rip and just do it. But mm-hmm. did you talk with her about it, regardless of whether or not she was going to be on them? I don't know if we had an explicit conversation about it, but like I, I, I think that the first one that she was on. I kind of just said to her, well, okay, so the first video that she was in, the first video, that was never originally intended to be released to the world. Like, it was just a test. Mm. And then I kind of did it and then put it out there, but I'd also shot the video with us going to the pen show, and she knew she was going to be in that one because she was coming with me. Um, so, you know, it, and then also the, the, like, the shot of us eating when, you know, I, I told her, like, I'm going to, shoot this like some video of, of us going out this evening and she seems very up for it um at least right now she seems interested in being a part of it like it's something it's like a little thing that we're doing together in a way i guess mm-hmm. um and it's nice i mean who knows i don't know where this is gonna go um but it's very interesting to me to look at youtube and to think about youtube and be serious about youtube as a platform and as a thing. Um, and the phrase that I keep coming back to, um, and, I, and I think it's, it is my underwriting reason, like my kind of underwriting reason for why I'm doing this is I'm giving into the YouTube algorithm. Um, it is a real deal. Like the YouTube algorithm is incredibly smart and I want, I want to be a part of that algorithm. Like I have no idea what my, my future holds, you know, I have, I have no idea if podcasting even exists in five years' time. Mm-hmm. Online video has a better chance of existing than than podcasting, I believe. I think that's fair. Be- 
And so I want to make sure that if that's the world that I am forced to move into, that I've got a bit of practice under my belt. Oh, that's that, that makes sense. Why YouTube? Why not like Vimeo or something? Because I don't make videos. I make YouTube videos. What's the difference? Vimeo hasn't got the platform or the algorithm or the tools or anything. Vimeo may as well not exist. Like, because Vimeo is not a thing. People go to watch the video, right? Mm -hmm. So you give them a link and they go to watch the video and then they go away again. Mm -hmm. YouTube's entire website is built around keeping you there. Hmm. When my, when, if you're watching one of my videos, what will probably happen is another one of my videos will immediately start to play. Right. Or it will be another video that YouTube feels to be relevant. And if you watch that next relevant video and you watch it and then you keep going, the video that of mine that you watched might then appear for the video that you got sucked into next on the inverse. So somebody who watched video Y might then get my video, right? So it's, that's how it's kind of the algorithm is being mm-hmm. massaged and, and played with. Vimeo hasn't got any of this. Like, I may as well just make a video, put it on Dropbox and tweet a link. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Fair enough. Um, so when are you going to stop when you hit 10,000? Um, you said subscribers or, or is that right? You said 10,000 or more uh, subscribers to the channel? No, that's just a goal. that I, A goal that I have is to get consistently five-figure views on my videos. That, okay, like, okay, okay. That, that's just a goal that I have within six months to achieve that. Um, I have absolutely no intention of stopping this. So you, th- I mean, obviously you can't know what the future will bring, but sitting here today, this is just part of your routine for the foreseeable future. This, as of right now, I consider myself a podcaster and a YouTuber. Interesting. Because I see YouTube as a, as an area for me to, find new podcast listeners Mm -hmm. and i think that it will be overall beneficial to the shows that i am on and therefore my my core business to continue to try and make these videos because the, the the idea the idea here is to get sucked into the algorithm and if i'm sucked into the algorithm and my videos are served to other people they are people that probably do not know who i am and if I am able to build, like, let's say in three years' time, let's just say that everything goes perfect, and then I have six-figure views on my videos, well, I'm going to find new podcast listeners in those people, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what the path for me is from here to there, because as it stands right now, I'm still learning so much about this medium that I don't have any grand ideas. Like, I'm kind of just making each video by the seat of my pants, but I'm I'm feeling myself becoming more and more interested, more and more excited about things I can shoot and how I can put them together. And I feel like I'm getting more and more ambitious in the videos that I'm making just from a like an editing perspective and a technical perspective. And I'm learning um, that I, I, I do believe that within a year's time, I will have gotten over a lot of the awkwardness and the learning stages that's that's needed of a lot of this and will be able to start having some good ideas for things to to make films to to create and videos to make, right? Like I, I think that right now I'm kind of just like, all right, let's go out and see if anything happens. But it might be that in a year's time, 
I'm able to plan out a video and then and then go and make that video happen as opposed to just like taking in a bunch of footage and crafting something out of it, mm. you know? But sitting here now, your intention is always to be kind of a, a, a vlog, a vlog, a video blog. It, you, sitting here now, you're not intending to pull a CGP Grey and like, not, and I don't mean in the sense of animated videos, but in the sense of doing something other than talking about your life or your interests. Does that make any sense at all? Like For me, the sense of a vlog is not like a daily diary or whatever that you might see in other places. It's not about makeup tips. For me, the the vlog is just like the video extension of my personality. So mm-hmm. it can be me going around London, it can be a diary, or it can be an episode completely devoted to one thing, but it's the thing that I care about. Yeah, yeah, okay. That That's what I was trying to describe, and I couldn't find the right words to do it. And and that is the, that is the intentions for, yeah. for forever. So like, you know, I may do a really produced video where I teach you something, right? Like if that's if that's what you, you know, if you distill Gray's videos down to to one sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. They're incredibly researched, incredibly produced videos that teach you a thing. I might decide that there is a a thing that I want to do there and then I spend a couple of months working on that project. But that will still be part of my channel and it will still be part of what I consider to be my vlog, but it will be a special episode of it. Sure. That makes sense. Well, this is interesting. Um, I have a question for you. Um, how f- awkward is it when you're out and about pointing your phone at yourself or uh, using that ridiculous gimbal thing, which looks freaking awesome, but it is not small and does look like it's meant to cause pain? Uh, mm-hmm. How awkward is it doing that when you're out, out and about? I would feel like... Weirdly, weirdly, I feel less awkward when I use the Osmo gimbal to talk into my phone than when I'm just talking into my phone. That seems so bad. I mean, I believe you, but that seems so backwards to me. There's two things for this. There's a few, actually. One, it looks like a selfie stick, which was, you know, whatever is a little bit more understandable. But other than that, like, if you actually see me with this thing, it looks like I have some kind of intent. Mm -hmm. I'm talking into my phone for a reason, Mm -hmm. and that reason is contained within this serious-looking piece of hardware. Right. It's like he's making a thing. He's not just talking into his phone. He's he's not on Snapchat right now, right? Right, like, right, right. I'm walking around with this piece of equipment that I'm holding. And and I think like at least in my mind it makes me less it makes me feel less weird to be standing in front of a bridge and talking about the bridge because I have this like big piece of oh, kit. Okay, that makes sense. You know, and and I really love this thing because I like shooting on my iPhone and I know there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of benefits to be gained out of using a proper camera, like. But I understand how to use my iPhone, um, and 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 I'm able to use a bunch of weird apps, and 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 everything's easy. You know, I just plug my iPhone in via USB and use image capture, and I know again, like I know I can do all these things with a camera, but there's nothing. I, there's no learning curve at all with the hardware. I know how to, I know how to press record in the camera app. You know, and mm-hmm. and I'm I have absolutely no concern that I'm going to get a corrupted SD card in my iPhone. You right, know, like right, right. I, I'm very confident in my iPhone's ability to get out of my way. Um, and I'm adding something like the Osmo Mobile because it's it seems like a fun thing to help me get better quality shots, which it is. Um, but at the core of it is still my phone. 
And also, at the core of it will be any other phone that I get. So, like, my Android phone that I have on the way will fit in this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, 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 is, it is agnostic in that way. So, anywho, I, I, this is a big part of my life right now. It's a big thing that I'm excited about right now. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing more of it. I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. Um, are you using, you're using your Mac for this? You're not really doing much of the editing and, and, and creation outside of the recording on your phone or iPad for that matter. Uh, I'm doing it all on my Mac. I'm using Final Cut. And does that bother you? I, I'm, I want to be snarky, but I'm actually honestly asking. I make podcasts on my Mac. Like my Mac is my production machine and now it's just producing two different types of media. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I got a little taste of this life just about a week ago um, because if you don't happen to listen to ATP, suffice to say, I made a, a gentleman's bet with – or just a silly bet really with, with John, uh, one of my co-hosts, about whether or not something would show up in iOS. And, and the details are mostly relevant for the purpose of this conversation, but suffice to say, I lost. And the terms of the bet were that I would send John a dollar. or I would, I, Well, not that I would send him, that I would – I bet him a dollar that I would be right, and I was wrong. And so I thought to myself, in part because I was inspired by what you had done lately, or if nothing else, it was fresh in my mind. I thought, you know what I'll do is I'll film myself, you know, writing John a note, putting it in an envelope, and then bringing it to the post office and mailing it just as a funny little thing that I'll put on Twitter. I didn't even take it seriously enough that I wanted to put on put it on my website. I just thought it would be a fun little thing to put on Twitter, and as it turns out, Vimeo. Um, and I did that. And I did it entirely on my iPhone with iMovie and, and the stock camera app. And it's funny because I actually am pretty proud of it, truth be told. Um, but it was like a minute and a half or something like that. I probably should have edited some of the some of it out because it probably ran too long. But it was pretty neat to do. I can see how this would be fun for things like that that are interesting if that makes sense like to me my day-to-day is super boring i go to an office i write some code i go home but for things that are a little bit different i can see how this would be fun and addictive i don't have any intention of doing this ever again really but i can see how it would be fun yeah um i i I very much enjoyed that little video that you made just because of watching you wrestle with <laughs> the equipment. Well, because I was holding my phone to record, yep. and then I was trying to not only write but then fold a, pe- a, a full-size piece of paper and then stuff it in an envelope all with one hand, and it didn't go terribly well. But the funniest thing about that video to me was, or in terms of the response anyway, was that a lot of people were like, oh, haha, that's so funny, oh, that's very clever, whatever. But in unbelievable amount of people i think exclusively europeans were flabbergasted that we can drive up to a what you call post box what i would call a post office box and just deposit a letter without getting out of the car you would well, be it's, it's it's part of the american pursuit of drive through right but I, I got so many comments about how you can drive up to a post box in America. What? Like, I got so many of those comments, which isn't bad. It was just funny to me because of all the things I expected to come out of that video. That was the last on the list. And man, did it blow some minds over in, in the, in the uh, European continent. I don't know. How do you uh, how are you treating YouTube comments? We, we kind of made allusions to this earlier. Are they as as much of a dumpster fire as I would have thought. I mean, you said they've been pretty positive, all told. They will be for the time being, because currently the people watching my videos are people that already 
listen to stuff that I make, follow stuff that I make. So they tend to be um, people that care about me in some way. Uh, as it opens up, hopefully, to the wider world, that will change significantly. But at that point, that is the point where I pay less attention to them. So where I'll still be reading them, I'll still be checking them, but I might be putting just like my own internal filters on them and not feeling like I need to reply to so many of them. Yeah. Right now I'm spending time going through and replying to the stuff that I want to reply to. Um but I'm not I'm not expecting that this will be the thing that I do forever. Right. That makes sense. On a final note, um another thing that struck me about this about the whole why would you share your own life was there have been a couple times lately that I've done something out of the ordinary for for my life. Um like we had the state fair come through, come through nearby because um, Richmond's the capital of Virginia. So the state fair wasn't too far away. We had something that was just like the state fair, but called something different that went by a week or two before. Um, and so there's been from time to time something different and what I would consider to be interesting that's happened in my life. And one, what I have enjoyed doing is recording little Instagram stories, basically Snapchat for old people. And, um, and and putting those up and i'm not saying i'm particularly good at them i'm not saying that they're even that terribly interesting but it was it's it's been fun to to record those and and put them up um and i can see here again how this right, would be but this interesting this is just a longer more tightly edited and controlled snapchat story or instagram story. yeah 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 yeah. we're saying the same thing i completely agree yeah. so i i can see where the draw comes from i just don't think that i could even flub my way into being interesting once a week like you seem like you definitely can so uh good for you my friend well done this week's episode is also brought to you by squarespace you can go right now to squarespace.com and you can start building your own website today when you enter the offer code feels at checkout you'll also get 10% off your first purchase squarespace is the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page website or online store with easy to use tools and templates squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort it's worth sharing with the world i spent some time over the weekend just doing some stuff on one of my Squarespace websites, MikeHurley.net, because I, I want to make it a, a little bit more of a destination in the future for some of this YouTube stuff. So, like, I'm working on setting up, like, an email mailing list, which will let people know um, that the video has been posted if they're interested. So that's something that I'm working on as part of that little mini project, which I'm going to work on a little bit more over the next couple of weeks because I have to work on some automation stuff behind the scenes with YouTube because that's not as easy as you'd like it to be. Um, the thing that was super easy was me to change the way that my website worked. So I wanted to change some of the colors. I wanted to make them match some of the, the aesthetic that I have with the YouTube, like the black and the yellow and the Futura. And it was very, very easy for me to make those changes. And I was able to get like a little bit of like a, a new kind of homepage set up, which is basically like the homepage of the website being like, here's where you should subscribe to the mailing list, which... It's plugged into a mailing list, which currently doesn't receive anything because I haven't done that part yet. Um, but one of the things that I really loved was I was kind of arranging some stuff on the page, like the sign up, and I wanted to put a couple of images on there. And I thought, oh, I wonder 
how this will look on mobile. Do I need to make any tweaks? And I just hit a couple of buttons and you can preview in your web browser on your desktop how the web page is going to look on a mobile screen. And I can see like, oh, I didn't do that right. And then I can move things around with a drag and drop system. And just it was just so simple. Like everything about Squarespace looks good and it's really easy to use and it's just really easy to deal with. And that's why I have been kept coming back to them time and time again. Squarespace have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have a commerce platform to allow you to sell things. They have rock-solid fast hosting, cover pages to build single-page looking websites and so much more. You also get a free domain name if you sign up for a year with Squarespace and their plans start at just $12 a month. Squarespace have state-of-the-art technology to power your site in ensure security and maintain stability they're trusted by millions of people around the world not just by me and this is just some of the reasons why you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required and start building your own website by going to squarespace.com then when you decide to sign up use the offer code feels at checkout f-e-e-l-s to get 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for analog thank you to squarespace for their continued support of this show and relay fm Hey, Mike, Brian would like to know in hashtag Relay Your Feels, what podcasts, if any, will you do homework for, like read the book or see the movie or et cetera? I'm really bad at this. Me too. Um, like, for example, Hello Internet is where I am worse. They will say, do not listen past this point if you've not watched the movie. And I always listen. Yep. I always listen. Keep listening. Uh, and I'm like this with many shows. Like, if, if, if I have a show that I listen to that I enjoy where this isn't a common component, then I will never do the homework and I always spoil it for myself. So the reason I say that is because a show like The Incomparable, it kind of, every week, I know that I'm either going to have to have done the homework or it's going to be about something I've watched or it's going to be about something I don't care for. Um, So, like, for The Incomparable, what I do is kind of a hybrid system of either I don't want to listen to this episode because I'm never going to consume this media or... If I haven't already watched the movie or whatever, then I'll save it until I then watch it and come back and watch, listen to the episode. So yeah. I'll do my homework there, maybe in a bit of a slow way. Um, there is an episode of a relay show right now, which I'm doing my homework for. So uh, as of today, when we recorded this, an episode of Top 4 was posted where they rank their top four worst jelly belly flavors. Um and part of the given homework was to buy the 50 flavor box, which we bought. And me and Adina are waiting until she comes home from her trip uh, for us to listen to the show together and eat the jelly beans. <laughs> nice. And listen to the show. So that is, but that is homework I'm happy to do because it's eating jelly beans. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I am also terrible about this. Um, there are there are only two podcasts that I can think of that I have not been terrible about this. Um, one is IRL Talk. Speaking of uh, faith, um, I still miss IRL Talk deeply, uh, and I would always make sure that Aaron and I did the homework for that. Or you know, if we didn't do it in a timely fashion, we would stop that episode, like you were saying. Um, we would stop it and actually not finish the episode until we'd done the homework. And actually, um, there was one, I think it was on the Martian. No. Um, what was the one that the dude who did the dark Knight, whose name was Christopher Nolan. He did it like interstellar. Maybe I think that was it. It doesn't matter to be yeah, honest. That's but, what you're looking for. Uh, they did interstellar, I believe. And they, and I still haven't seen it. So I still haven't heard that episode. However, their website is gone, which means I don't have a copy of it now. 
That's the only part of IRL talk I didn't hear, and it makes me so we didn't hear, and it makes me sad. But uh, I'm very good about homework for, or I was very good about homework for IRL talk, and also uh, on Relay FM, reconcilable differences. I am usually pretty good about that, although there was some anime movie that they keep talking about that I've already forgotten the name of that I still need to. I think I downloaded it or I acquired it somehow. I don't remember what it was, but I think I have it. I just haven't watched it yet. Generally, though, like the game is the one that's sticking out of my mind. Like I made sure I I watched the game so I could listen to that episode. The Reconcilable Differences is the show that I am the most bad about homework for. Because well, I don't actually know what's going to happen right, right. until I start it, and then it's too late because I have to edit it. Yeah, that kind of stinks for you, <laughs> but, you know, such is life. It's not a problem. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't fuss about it. Fair enough. All right. Bradley wants to know, what is the most important analog device in your life, Casey? Um, I don't know. That's a really, really good question that I wish I had looked ahead earlier today so I could start thinking about it. So um, mine are my pens. Uh, that's obvious. Yeah, I should have thought about that. Um, do we classify my car as an analog device? That's very on the uh, edge. I think, I think at least your car is more computer than machine. Jeez, uh, I don't know. Especially because is your car one of the cars where they play the engine noises into no, the car? No, no, no. My name isn't Marco Arment. Uh, no, I don't. Well, he hasn't got that anymore. That's that's true. Uh, there are your no car makes no noise. Yeah, exactly. Um shoot i you know i i know this is a total cop out and and i apologize but i i can't think of anything offhand because so many of the things i'm thinking of like far and away possibly the most precious device that i own is my camera but that's digital it's absolutely digital um so i don't know i'm i'm really thinking about it i'm having a hard time um i really like a this is so cheesy and lame so i wouldn't i don't know if i would say it's important but um actually you know what never mind can that I think my answer might be my microphone for my podcasting because although it ends up digital, the microphone itself is analog. And so I would probably go with that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, okay. I, I, I backed into it, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, I'll go with that one. Uh, Frederick wrote in and said, uh, I'm visual, visually impaired, and I've always found the awkwardness of people not knowing what word to use more annoying than them using any word in particular. Um, this is kind of in response to, to my rage-quitting Twitter. It does seem like the pendulum of worrying about the correct language is swinging very far in the other direction in the U.S. So as a question to answer on the show, to what extent are you willing to change your language and in what circumstances? Would you like to start? All right. So I... I try to make these changes when I realize that a word that I am using might hurt someone. Yep. That's kind of my general rule of thumb. So there is one, there is a catalog of, of terms right now that I'm trying to stamp out. Not because anybody said anything, but I've just realized it myself. Um, and they are words like mad, insane, oh, and crazy. I am the worst about these, and I am trying as well, and I am not doing a good job. Because I think that I, I use these words mad, insane, and crazy to describe a situation or a thing that is outside of my realm of understanding. Mm -hmm. That is the best way that I can describe it. So I might say that is crazy because something seems like 
outstanding or flabbergasting, right? Or I might say someone is insane in such a thing as like I cannot understand why somebody did this. Yep. So the term that I am currently trying to replace these three words with is bonkers, and I've already said it at least once in this episode because I made a note of it in my head. Um, and I am doing a pretty good job. I did note that on uh, connected today. I, I think I said crazy at one point, um, but I also at least said bonkers in, at one point as well. And as far as I can tell, bonkers is not a word that seems like it would offend people. Um, now, if you go back far away. But like far enough back into the past, then the term bonkers may have been used in this phrasing, like to describe somebody who was who had mental issues of some description. But it's not used for that anymore. Nobody says it seriously. Like it, it's it, at this point, it's just like as far as I can tell, it's just it's old and not used. Um, and the thing is, like, I'm sure that eventually I can maybe even try and get rid of this. But I know that the term bonkers is less likely to upset or offend people than mad, insane, or crazy. So that's kind of the term that I'm going for right now. Um, it is, as somebody has put in there from the etym online, it's the etymology dictionary thing. Crazy is what bonkers means. 1957 British slang, perhaps from earlier naval slang, meaning slightly drunk. Hmm. From notion of a thump or a bonk on the head wow. so again like you know the, the roots of it are the same i'm aware of this but i don't think that people tend to use the term bonkers to actually describe someone who might be uh who might have a a, a mental issue see i feel like even now i can't even think of a good yeah yeah you know, I can't think of a good way to say that. Let me, so let again, me, I apologize. Let me bail you out and just say, if not bonkers, then go with bananas. That's bananas. Um, yeah, bananas is a good one, but I just don't like bananas. It's like, <laughs> when I say it, it just doesn't sound right to me. Uh, so I'm going to keep using bonkers for the time being. Fair enough. Um, you know, it's funny to me. I don't feel like... I'm very sensitive about language, or I wasn't anyway until somewhat recently. And it's, I found that it was easy not to be bothered by the language until it's about something that you take offense to. I mean, I know that's obvious, but it's a more specific uh, example. Um, when it came to fertility, um, there's not like a particular word that I think has similar connotations like insane or crazy or whatever, but in a similar way, like I would be very bothered when people would make jokes about like, I can't think of a great example, but make jokes about how they just don't want to have a kid. God forbid we have a kid, you know, I, my wife and I are going to go home, but I hope we don't make a kid or anything like that. And Oh my God, it would tear me up inside. And, um, and and that's when it started to really hammer home to me that, yeah, this is my one my one Achilles heel or not Achilles heel, but my one sensitive spot. Um, and this is mine, but everyone else has a different one. And that's when I've started to really understand why it's important to be better about this. Um, I completely concur with your mad, insane and crazy. Um, another one that is not offensive in America, but is 
deeply offensive, deeply, deeply offensive in the UK is SPAZ. That is completely unremarkable in America to almost anyone. I'm sure someone is now writing me saying, no, I find that offensive too. But generally speaking, that is not offensive here. Um, And from everything I've understood, not only from Mike, but from others, um, the S word is deeply, deeply offensive over there. And I'm trying to to get that out of my my, uh, vernacular. Um, And what I found is I feel like I'm very willing to change, but it is hard. It is super hard. At least it is for me. I would assume it is for most, but it's super hard for me um, to to make these changes, especially since, you know, I don't feel like I have a good grasp, like you were saying about bonkers. I don't feel like I have a terribly good grasp of what's permitted and what isn't. And, um, and like take disability, for example, I didn't actually get anyone saying that differently abled or whatever phrasing I used in the last episode. Uh, nobody said to me that I, that I had gotten that wrong, but you know, it's talking about somebody with a disability is a, is a very, very easy way to get yourself in trouble. And so as an example, I'm trying to use differently abled. Um, and it's just it's so hard to remember to do that when the heat of the moment. And I think that one of the frustrating things about this quote unquote job that, that you and I do is that although we both take it very, very seriously, we are at it at the root of it, talking extemporaneously. We're just talking off the top of our off the top of our heads. And although it doesn't ever really leave my mind that I'm talking to other people besides you, Mike, it's easy to to briefly forget that. And it's it's very hard to filter yourself and also keep the conversation moving and also be interesting. And also get across the point you're trying to make. I, I know this is kind of a first world problem sort of thing, but and here's there's another example: first world, pro- world problem rather than white wine, which I think I have done a pretty good job of. But anyways, it's such a first world problem to be like, oh well, podcasting is harder than you think. I tell you, but it is harder than you think. And a lot of times that I've been called out for these things, it's been very frustrating because in the heat of the moment, I don't think of it. And, and, and I need to get better about that. And I'm trying to get better about that. But man, I don't think people realize how easy it is to just not think about this stuff. I don't know, maybe that's a cop out. I guess it is. But it's hard, man. It's no, it's very difficult to to stamp out words from your vocabulary. It's very, very difficult to do that. Because a lot of the time, especially with what we do, we are speaking extemporaneously. Yep. So the words come out of my mouth faster than I have any time to think exactly. about them. Exactly. Um, and so what it means is where I'm able to change things is where I think ahead a little bit more. So I might be sitting quietly and thinking about what I'm going to say. And then I make more of a concerted effort to say a different word to the one that I expected. And then over time, you end up stamping that word out. But it, I have never been able to just remove a word immediately from my vocabulary no, like that. Me neither. So uh, it it takes time, and I think it will it will kind of level out over time, and you'll get better, and you'll change, and make yourself better, and etc. 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 But you know, it, none of that is through lack of not wanting to try, at least. Yep. No, but uh, please keep the uh, Relay Your Feels coming. Uh, I really love that section of the show. And it, Tweet, hashtag, yep. Relay Your Feels. Yep, please do. Um, it, it's, always a, it's always a blast to see all these, so thank you, everyone. And, uh, Mike, I'm hopeful that 
you know, the next time we record, maybe you can jingle some keys into the microphone and uh, you'll have some good news for us. What a, what, a, what a great house update that would be. That would be amazing. All right, so enjoy your time without Adina. It's so sad. And you? <laughs> and we're done. You saved me. I was going down the rabbit hole as usual, and you saved me. Mm-hmm.